the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Welcome back to the Bob France Authority. Rob Walgate in for Bob. And as we said, we wanted to get to the phone lines uh, and hear from you. You want to talk vaccines? You want to talk the election? You want to, I mean, we're approaching the 20th anniversary of 9-11. We want to hear from the listeners. I know that's what Bob would want us to do on this Friday. First up, we're going to go to Gary in Olmstead Township. Good morning, Gary. Hey, Rob. Hey, um, so I've had COVID. I've not had the shot. I did exactly what uh, Bob suggested that people do who had COVID, determine how your your level of antibodies. But let me digress for a second. I have uh, what's called a non-alcoholic fatty liver, stage four. So the only way for me to have the liver work and function correctly is to get a liver transplant. I also am type 2 diabetic. Now, when I got COVID, I had no fever. Uh, I had some other symptoms where I had pain in the left side of the head. Uh, nobody could figure out what it was. Went to a dentist to see if it was a toothache. Went to an ear, nose, and throat doctor to see if it was an ear problem. Uh, nobody could figure out what was going on. <clears throat> so that's when I went and took the, the test from LabCorp and said I had had COVID. So... My point is that um, here I am with all these co- comorbidities, and yet I went through COVID, didn't even really know I had COVID, still function without a mask, have never worn a mask, except where, you know, like when I go to the hospital where they require it. Uh, I My work requires that I'm out in the closed locations uh, where I'm inside. And, um, you know, I'm functioning as a fairly well, fairly healthy person aside from what I started out with. So I got to tell you, if anybody wants to give me a shot of what is really not a vaccine, vaccine, if you look at the definition, is an absolute cure. This is more along the lines of a serum. That fights disease, but it doesn't cure it. So that's where, you know, the actual media has to get this thing right. It is not a vaccine. No, I... So uh, it's a misnomer. It's it's an absolute misnomer. But anyways, I just wanted to share that with you. Now, the reason why I did not have COVID as bad as many as, as some other people... I'm on zinc. I'm on 50 milligrams of zinc sulfate every day. I've been on it for a year and a half. 
Uh, I'm on 5,000 uh, uh, units of vitamin D. And I'm also on, uh, I take 2,000 units of vitamin C. So, so and, you, you took, you had a proactive approach. And I think that's what, pro- what, what many folks need to do. Unfortunately, we're, we're not the healthiest of countries. Um, and much of that is based upon what we put in our body. So thank you for the call, Gary. I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you is that we need to, be a little bit more proactive. Listen, COVID's real. I, I, I've said on the air a number of times, COVID kicked my butt. We don't have great hearts in my family. It did some things to my heart that kind of made us a little worry. It forced me to make some decisions on what I ingest, on what I put in my body, how I eat, um, for the future. Um, it, you know, so uh, that being said, everyone needs to take a look because we're all going to react differently. I, I, this virus is unlike, listen, it's unlike any other. Maybe that's because it was manufactured in a lab. I don't know. But it's unlike any other, and we see how it attacks some people, but yet some people don't seem to catch the virus. That's what it is. We're going to go to Tom in Medina. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for calling. Hi, hi Rob. I want to ask about, I want to mention a couple names, and then I want to, you to explain what your organization does about voter integrity and how how the voting process is going to get fixed. Have you ever heard of Jovan Hutton Pulitzer? Um, Yes. Okay. Well, I I listened to his audio, and how about that Douglas G. Frank? He's from Ohio. You've heard of him? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, he, he was... He's a he's a professor. You need yeah, to look him it, up. I have, I have, I have. I I know where we're okay. going with this. I know to talk about the election manipulation and the vote counting and all that. I I know where well, we're going. Well, can I just ask you a question about? Uh, well, what is well, your organization going to do to promote fixing the elections for next year? The the process that we're going through. The the process in in what what way? I guess how I would ask. we vote. How we vote. Well, I think there's a lot of things that are being looked at on how we vote and in what way. And we've also, we've always, I, I guess that question insinuates that we don't believe in election integrity. And I, I don't know if I should take offense to the question or not. Um, because it, it promotes the fact that we would turn a blind eye to anything that wasn't on the up and up and honest when it comes to that. And, uh, we've been leading advocates in talking about the need for election reform so that people that are legally allowed and eligible to vote, I want everyone to take part in the process that is legally allowed to vote and eligible eligible to vote. I think, I mean, well, I, I think in the state of Ohio, um, Ohio. Go, go, it, 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 it's, it's far too, I mean, it's easier to vote than it is to do almost anything. Um, and I want everyone that's legally allowed to take part in the process. I want everyone to vote, even people that disagree with me. And the reason for that is I think the more people that get involved in the process and vote, the more vested you become. Now, I don't want people to ballot harvest. I don't want mass mailings to addresses where every person that registered gets a ballot in the mail. No, there's, there's no need to do any of that. Well, see, I guess I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for everybody votes, but well, these guys like they, they don't think 
they think that the voting machines are on the Internet, and that's part of the problem. And like LaRose in Ohio, he doesn't think that those machines are on the Internet. Well, that's a big problem. And I guess those two well, guys I mentioned think we should get rid of the voting machines right. and have an Amish vote. That means all paper ballots. Right. And I'm for that. Well, I, you know, I mean, we could have that discussion and have that debate. I think then there's a there's a um, a paper trail. Now that I know some would argue there is a paper trail. Now uh, I think it's been proved that over the past mm, what probably eight, ten, twelve months, anything that's electronic, anything that's out there can be hacked, and people have access to that. Just look at some of the production mechanisms. Look at the oil pipeline. Look at so many other things. Um, if you have an an electric environment, it's going to happen. Uh, I will say, if you are saying an all-paper ballot and we're going to go back to having it on one day and no excuse absentee voting, we're, we're going to have to make some other changes and we're going to have to do some things. One thing I've said all along, I think we should have the discussion. I'm not saying we should do this. I'm saying we should have the discussion. Should Election Day be a national holiday, would that cause more people to take the day to volunteer to serve as a poll worker in some capacity because i'll tell you what why would anyone want to serve as a poll worker when all you're going to do is get screamed at from people on the right and people on the left i mean i've been there i've witnessed it i've watched it happen why would anyone want to volunteer their time maybe in maybe some younger folks would want to step into that role if they knew they didn't have to miss a day of work for it or they knew they were going to be compensated in some other form i'm not saying we need to open a blank checkbook and start paying people an enormous amount of money to work the polls. I just think we need to start having conversations and discussions on how to make things work and make things be efficient. So thank you for the call this morning. We're going to go. Now we're going to go to Vince in Westlake. Vince, good morning. Welcome to the Bob France Authority. Good morning, Rob. How are you doing today? Doing well, thank you. Good. First of all, uh, thanks for taking my call. Most importantly, uh, thanks for what you do. Um, big fan of the American Policy Roundtable, and uh, you guys do good work. Thanks, and, uh, Vince. Glad, thank to, glad to have people like you and Bob that are standing up for us and fighting for us and uh, hopefully get more of us engaged in that as well, too. So, Amen. Um, th- that's, yeah, amen is right. We definitely need that. And that's what I always, you know, champion when I'm talking with Bob or anybody else is that, you know, for people to get involved, pick up a phone, call your representatives, you know, talk to people that are your elected officials that, you know, as we sometimes forget, work for us and represent us. Um, we need to get back to that. But uh, to that end, what I what I called for, Rob, was um, I just wanted to remind everybody about uh, a, a big function that's going on tomorrow on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, the Patriot Appreciation Day put, being put on by the Patriot Cause Foundation out at uh, the Veterans Memorial Home and Park on Route 83, at the corner of Route 83 and, and uh, Lake Avenue in Avon Lake. Uh, people can go online to PatriotCause.com for ticket information. There'll be tickets available uh, there at the gate. Uh, it's an afternoon of uh, appreciation for our first responders, police, fire, as well as our soldiers. Um, we have three live bands, Cleveland area bands that are great. I've got uh, Billy Morris, got Mike Onesco, got Craig Hawkins. Uh, Billy Morris is also going to have his uh, Billy Morris's smoking rock and roll food truck out there too, so there'll be food and refreshments. Um, most importantly, it's a day to honor and support our first responders 
And to that end, the support is going to the Lorraine County Blue Foundation for police officers. Um, the other one is going to the Valor Home for homeless veterans. And the other one that's going to be one of our benefactors is the Critical Incident Response Service for West Shore area police and firefighters who've been involved in serious incidents and need some help with that stuff too. So, what wonderful the event, the events tomorrow, events. Yes, sir. The what, and and what's the what's the website? They can go to patriotcause.com. Patriotcause.com. All the info's there. It starts. Did you say it starts at two o'clock? Two o'clock till six p.m. in the afternoon. Great entertainment. It's supposed to be a beautiful day tomorrow. Mild temperatures. Uh, come on out and support your uh, first responders, your soldiers. You say there's all these people that that uh, defend this country, make this country uh, what it is. And, you know, gives us, gives you and me the right to still have these conversations on the it, radio. It, um, it, it does, it does, no doubt. PatriotCause.com and Vince, I don't think there's any doubt. We live in the greatest country in the world. It's not a perfect absolutely. country. It's not a perfect country. We have some things that we need to fix, but we still have the freedom that are unlike any other. And there's many people on both sides of the political spectrum that don't understand. They think this place is such a bad place and they're able to speak out against any authority or anyone in charge in those other places that they want to talk about and emulate. You can't speak out like that. You can't speak out. You can't open your mouth. You can't even open your mouth for fear of being jailed, uh, beaten or or worse. killed. And I just asked the one simple question. I know you've asked it. I know Bob has asked it. And anybody that's got half a brain in their head asked it. If this place is so bad, if this country is so bad, why are there daily thousands upon thousands of people doing whatever they can, leaving family, leaving home, uh, sometimes their own children, okay, or children leaving their parents to get here Vince, to enjoy the freedom? People, yeah. people die each and every year just trying yep. to step foot in this country i i little uh confession i um little personal story i guess i live next door to a family that immigrated to the united states from another country some of the hardest working people i've ever met they have built businesses It, it it it's amazing and we talked um a matter of fact they cooked a wonderful dinner for us and some neighbors last saturday night we went and um, had a festive feast in their backyard. It was amazing. And, and they're always asking questions and I'm asking questions. My wife's a history teacher, so she wants to learn. You know, she's asking questions. Um, she teaches, uh, global studies. So she's asking about their home, home country. But, you know, we were talking about the political makeup and structure of the day. And folks, I said, I said, what's the perception? I won't give the country, but I said, what's the perception? of where you're from in the United States. And they said, well, everyone loves the United States. I said, well, what if we said, and and now some listeners will say, well, the floodgates are open, but what if we said the floodgates are open, the borders are open, anyone and everyone could come, and they said 90% of the people from their country would come to the United States, no questions asked. They all want to be here. They all want to be here because of the freedoms that, that come with being here. And that's why some people, when they get here, and this may not be a uh, popular observation, but there's some people that come here with the intent maybe to do harm or that grew up in an oppressive lifestyle that thought and they experienced that freedom. And they're like, wait a minute, this isn't all that bad. This freedom's good. Why would I want to hurt a nation that does this? 
that allows this. Well, so, Vince, I more of the immigrants come in here. We'll 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 have that attitude and appreciate what we have. And and again, uh, thank you for what you do, and thank you for uh, letting this letting this information get out about an important day tomorrow. Uh, I hope everybody, no matter where you're at, takes time to you know kneel and say a prayer for those that were departed. And, affected by 9-11 and, and uh, how God has blessed this nation. And if you're able to, please come out. Please come out to the uh, Veterans Memorial Park at uh, Lake Road 83 and Avon Lake at uh, 2 to 6 and en- enjoy an afternoon of uh, Patriot Appreciation Day. Sounds good. Thanks, Vince. I pray you have an amazing event tomorrow afternoon. You're listening to the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Rob Walgate back with you on Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer, short segment before the break at the bottom of the hour. A couple folks on hold. We want to make sure that we get to them. We're going to go to TJ in Cleveland. Good morning, TJ. Morning, Rob. You know, Rob, this COVID is a mystery to me. I was just reading the other day, only 37% of Clevelanders have been vaccinated. So I'm thinking, well, geez, we ought to have a COVID outbreak that's unbelievable in the city. And knock on wood, we don't. You know, at least we, at this point. We so don't. I think we did, though, and I think there's a lot of people walking around that are naturally immune now that have the antibodies, in it, but that's not recognized, TJ. They will not acknowledge that. That's a good point. Uh, and, you know, when I think of this COVID, this, this kind of fear they're putting out there, I read a while ago uh, things that kill people in the world, and, you know, COVID isn't even in the top ten. You've got things like malaria, tobacco, alcohol, obesity, just a few that kill way more people every year, you know, than COVID. Yet you don't see people running in fear. You know, this COVID, to me, has to be put in the same uh, thing as like spiders and snakes. You've got people definitely afraid of snakes and spiders. Yet the bottom line is more people are killed by bee stings every year than spider bites and snakes put together. Yet you don't have this rabbit fear with bees, but you have it with spiders and snakes. And it's the same with this COVID. They've got people so scared, and I'm not trying to downplay this, but if you look at the odds, you know, of dying from this, uh, the odds are really in your favor that you're not going to. But uh, they just throw this out there, and they're doing it for a reason. They scared the bejeebers out of people to take control. And I think a lot of that is, and as far as the shot goes, and this is just my opinion, the pharmaceutical companies want their money back. And this ain't never going to stop. You're going to have boosters forever. COVID is with us forever. And, and as far as natural immunities go, Rob, they had a 97-year-old man that lived through the Spanish flu. And I read this a while ago. He still has antibodies all these years later in his system from the Spanish flu. Yes, from 1918. But we will not recognize natural immunity when it comes to COVID, it, it makes it, me scratch my head, TJ. Well, it's all about the money. It, it is money, all about Bob. the money. And you hit, and thank you for the phone call, and you hit on something that's very, very important. 
the pharmaceutical companies. Now, I'm not going to get on here and be anti-pharmaceutical. Guy. Well, maybe I am going to be anti-pharmaceutical guy for a moment. Have you ever just sat down and charted where the commercials come from on television? Where do they come from? They come from the pharmaceutical companies. Look at how much money is spent on advertising and marketing from pharmaceutical companies. And are they, what are they correcting or fixing that a decision of ours has caused? TJ mentioned, he mentioned obesity. He mentioned um, alcohol. He mentioned smoking. Uh, our decisions that we make on a daily basis are impacting our health. That that has the large sure there are folks that are going to get sick that haven't made a decision like that that haven't made a bad decision in regards to what they're putting in their body but when you look statistically at obesity numbers in this country at people that are suffering with heart conditions um, and things of that nature some of it are genetic and you're not going to be able to out eat your genetics i understand that when it comes to the heart or it comes to some other things but the nutritional value of what we intake and put in our body we need to take more serious we need to take a look at sugar and how much sugar we put in there so that's dr walgate's health lecture for the day you're listening to am 1420 the bob france authority Social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Rob Walgate in for Bob France this morning and Jonathan killing it with the bumper music today. My pleasure. Loving this lecture. Always going to get the let out. Yeah, always, always. Well, We're 90 minutes in. That's hard to believe. That's hard to believe. On the phones, joining us now is Lisa Woods from McFan, dear friend of the Bob Francis. Good morning. Good morning, Lisa. How are you? I am well, thanks. Listening to the stressful information that we're constantly, uh, you know, kind of, it's just being pumped into our faces and ears at all times. And I'm just so sorry because... uh, Read about TV back in June of last year, but we still, you know, uh, have to hear the fear mongering everywhere else we go. And uh, even my kids, you know, um, our school's making them wear masks. And I just realized, wow, we can't. Uh, as a parent, I, I, I have not been able to say, I just don't want my kid to wear a mask, and uh, that that's not good enough. And so they have like more authority than we do. It doesn't make sense. They have more authority in some instances than even their medical provider and their doctors do. And that's what makes me scratch my head. At at what point have we stepped in between, as the government, a person and a decision? Isn't that what the left screams about all the time? Stay out of my bedroom. Stay out of my doctor's office. Stay out of my decision-making process. Yet, if there's a doc that says, yeah, you don't need to wear a mask. And the reason you don't need to wear a mask is because every scientific study that I that is out there, I shouldn't say every, let me rephrase, Lisa. 
the majority right. of scientific studies that are out there that take an honest look at what masks do, they don't um, keep down the transmission rate or the positivity rate of tests. The virus is going to be the virus. The virus is going to spread. Masks make us... I got lectured by some folks a while ago that it's just common sense. And I said, hang on. I don't want to hear about common sense. I want facts. I want proof. I want the science. Show me the science. That's what, And that goes for the mask. That goes for natural immunity. But yet the left continually denies the science because it doesn't fit the narrative. So anyway, I know... You and your team at McFan do amazing work, and you guys have an event coming up, do you not? Yes, tomorrow. Thank you. Let's hear all about it. Let's give the listeners the details because I'm sure there's some folks out there that want to join you. Thank you, Rob. Um, we have two amazing people tomorrow. Our Ohio Supreme Court Justice Sharon Kennedy will be addressing us first. She's amazing. If you haven't heard her speak before, she's uh, a very <laughs> strong speaker. I don't know. Uh, do you know Sharon? Yeah, and I think it's so cool that we function in a system of government where someone at the highest court of the state is 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 making a trek to talk to a group of citizens to to give them an understanding i mean the, think about that you're we're not talking about um someone that's locked away and doesn't have the ability to communicate you don't have access to you're talking about someone on the state supreme court i mean and that's the system of government we have in this country that's unlike any other yes Yes, and it, it really is amazing to have her and to and to be able to you know have her there and ask questions, um, to be able to shake someone's hand and look them in the eye and and you know get a feel for who they are and it, that goes for our judges, our elected officials. Um, it, it means so much to us, and so we're always grateful to see people, and especially when they're not on the campaign trail, right? When they're not asking for something, but they have something to tell us and we have things to tell them. It's really important. Definitely. So tomorrow, time, location? Yeah, and one more thing before we get into that. Also, we have Chris DiRico from the Tunnel to Towers. And I remember hearing him for the first time when he first started, when this uh, first started here in Medina uh, on the Bob France show. So uh, he'll be giving us a presentation as well. And they do amazing work for those families that have lost, uh, you know, their first responders, um, helping them with their mortgage, mortgages and even uh, some providing them a smart house for some of the folks that have been disabled, just just incredible work, and you have to hear, hear for yourself uh, what they're doing. And then the following day, um, on the 12th, is when they'll be doing the Tunnel to Towers thing in the morning. And so I just sent out an email. It has a link to click on so people can get involved in that way as well. But the uh, time and place, so it'll be tomorrow on uh, September 11th at 8:30 a.m., 8:30 to 10, we get done, or you know, early so you can get on with your day, and it's at the Thirsty Cowboy, which is right at the intersection of Route 18 and uh, I-71 in the Antique Mall, and it's really close to the Medina Republican headquarters as well. So convenient for us. Um, Thirsty Cowboy, that- right behind the Dunkin' Donuts on Route 18 in Medina. <laughs> 
There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, Lisa, we appreciate the call. Thank you for the work that you and your team are doing with McFan. And um, for those listening, join tomorrow morning. Uh, join them in Medina at 8.30 a.m. Thank you. It's it's my pleasure to do this. You Thank, bet. Thanks, Lisa. Talk soon. All right. We're almost made it to the last segment. Jonathan, I, I, I mean, it, I had a page. I have pages, probably, what is this, eight pages of notes of things to talk about. I think we've checked off the top two. Right. The top two things, not the top two pages, the top two things. There's so much more to get into. But one thing I do want to hit on when we come back after the break, and if you're listening and want to chime in and, and call right now to talk about September 11th, we'll, we'll, it'll be 20 years tomorrow, 216-901-0945. Uh, September 11th, 2001. If you want to share a story, maybe where you were, maybe how it's impacted you, how things have changed, what you thought of. Um, you know, I think about it for, it, it's something with my kids that we talk about, but it kind of is a little surreal in the sense of they don't understand life prior to September 11th. Whether it's when you go to the airport to pick someone up, you're able to go straight to the gate. Rob, last night I was up late watching on Hulu they had this new special called 9-11, uh, One Day in America, I think. Yes. And they had all this footage of, like, the, there was somebody with a camera following the firefighters that morning before yes. the plane hit and everything. Very interesting. You know, hard to watch at some points, too, but it was very good. And for anyone that's been to New York City and seen that site, and if you saw the towers before they fell and just how the sheer size of them how large they were enormous i I mean it's amazing to think about they were a a structure and obviously that's why one of the reasons they were targeted um and now going to that site now and seeing the freedom tower that that, that's there so we can get into all that we can talk about it 216-901-0945 Four five. Join us after the break on the Bob France Authority, AM fourteen twenty. The answer. AM fourteen twenty. The answer. It's the Bob France Authority. Here on AM 1420, The Answer. Welcome back to the final segment. Rob Walgate sitting in today for Bob. And we were discussing 9-11, 20 years later. And that's one thing with the president's remarks yesterday at 5 p.m. that don't allow that to be a distraction. The thing about America, it seems today, is we we can only focus on one thing at a time. Like, we, we truly are, I mean squirrels everywhere right there's always something that's looking for our attention and don't allow what happened yesterday afternoon to distract you from what else is happening this week um that we need to never forget what did happen on that tuesday morning in 2001 and how that changed our lives and how it's impacted us to this day 
especially when we think about what's happened in the last three weeks with um, the departure from Afghanistan, with how that's been. I mean, is there any other way to say it other than how it's been botched? Uh, you know, say what you want about Jen Psaki. I, I think she has the toughest job in America to try and get up there every day and um, give the misinformation or give the information that she has to give and then sit there and defend it with a straight face. Um, it amazes me that someone's able to do that or attempt to pull that off. That is no easy feat as someone who is sitting behind a microphone and knowing that you have to talk when the red light goes on. Uh, just to talk to talk is not easy to do. And then to defend something that is indefensible is a whole other thing entirely. So how she's able to do it, I will never know. But as we think back um, to... September 11th, 2001, you know, Jonathan and I were talking, um, off air during the break and I asked him how, Jonathan, how old, how old are you? I'm 27, 27. So you were seven years old on September 11th. So what, what were you in second grade? Second grade, second grade. What, what do you remember from that day in second grade? Second grade, Mrs. Schoonover's class in Green Valley Elementary in Parma, um, it was a while ago, and I was pretty young, you know, but I do remember probably around 11 or noon, just my teacher, Mrs. Schoonover, kind of running in and, you know, acting kind of like something had happened, you know, and everybody's asking what's going on, um, and she just said, we're sending everybody home, ask your parents, you know. Yeah, that, I mean, as a seven-year-old, that's a tough thing to to deal with. I I was 24 at the time, and it was not any. I mean, I had no idea what was going on in the beginning. Had a lot more questions than answers. I can't imagine having um, a class full of seven-year-olds and, and having to explain. So the parents, obviously, they they left it up to them to do the explaining, which you have to applaud it. And to think back in 2001, it isn't like it is today. I mean. Whether you agree or disagree, there are seven-year-olds in schools today that have cell phones um, that would have gotten text messages from their parents instantly had it happened today because uh, there would have been a lot of panic. There was a lot of panic, a lot of unknown, right. and you just wanted the people you love closest to you, uh, but it wasn't that way in 2001. Well, even back then, as seven-year-olds, I mean – my opinion is we we were still pretty smart. We knew what was going on when we went home and we saw what was on TV and uh, you know what our parents had said. We knew what happened. I mean, terrorists flew planes into you know the Pentagon and the Twin Towers, and that was it. We were attacked. We knew what happened. It was bad. It's not like we, you know, yeah, weren't yeah. ready for it. But you know, it was you know. Well, and there's good and there's evil, and right. um. <laughs> And how that's defined and where you get your worldview and where truth comes from, that, that helped shape that. And that was evil that manifested itself on that September morning. Yeah, I think it um, really, we went from, you know, things being all great and good and, you know, carefree and then things just changed. You know, we had, we're going to war after this, you know, people are signing up for the military, you know. Even we were seven years old, but you know we had older older cousins and brothers and friends that were all doing that, and it just changed to very serious and almost scary because you you don't want to go on a plane after that, 
Oh. You know, like you're worried if something's going to happen again. I remember, you know, at least 10 years after 9-11, whenever I got on a plane or, you know, especially getting on a plane, I'd be looking around to yeah, see yeah. who's on this plane, you know. like And, and who has any intentions to, to bring it down? And as long as there are people out there that are willing to die for a cause, that are willing to give up their own life, in that they're they're going to be out there and there's going to be people that are getting hurt from whether it's uh, you know we talk about in the middle east suicide bombers or them attempting to do things um in the united states let's face it that's one reason that we talk about our borders and we don't want to have porous borders we want to know who's coming into this country who's coming into this country that may want to do us harm the one thing i will say is there's so much unknown uh, that happened and so many questions on September 11th. I think if you would have said, all right, uh, it, it, we can get in Doc Brown's DeLorean and go back in time to September 11th, 2001, and you would tell people that day, or September 12th, 2001, you would tell those people, listen, 20 years from now, there will not be a terrorist attack in the United States on your land. The, the United States would be... Um, safe and free from that and that wouldn't happen i i i don't think i would have believed that right because, after what happened yeah, that after day. what happened that day you thought wow and I, and i think like you whether people want to admit it or not whether or not it's um politically correct to admit or not when people got on airplanes there were a lot of looks given now there were a lot of um again it might and this can be similar to to what we've talked about with COVID, and it was because of fear, the fear of the unknown. Um, people were scared, right? Especially on a plane. Like it's it's one thing to be in a car crash. You know, you can kind of do something about that. You know, it, people die in car crashes all the time, but on a plane, if something goes wrong, it, it's it's pretty much over. You know? it, it it is it's over. Um, you know, a few things I remember about about that. I I remember the pause that took place. You know, you had. Um, Major League Baseball going on. Uh, that pause took place. I believe they, they paused for almost a week, I think, till Monday. The first sporting event, the thing that happened that week that kind of got everything moving, and it's, uh, listen, let's face it, it's a rallying cry in communities all across this country, was high school football. That Friday night, that was the first thing that happened yeah. across the country is that people gathered in their communities for high school football. Now, people gathered for other reasons. I mean, I can remember being at a prayer vigil um, the night it happened in my hometown. I lived in East Liverpool at the time, and I can remember, uh, you know, and that was when you didn't have social media to spread the message or you didn't have uh, group text chains. I mean, think of 20 years ago from a technology standpoint, it was behind the curve, but people still found a way to get a hold of everybody and let people know we're going to gather at the church and we're going to pray um, because that's what we need to do in this time and we're not sure what else we need to do. That's a pretty good start. Sure. I remember um, my mom saying to me the day of and I think the day after and a couple days after, she goes, Jonathan, remember this moment because no planes are flying in the sky right now in the United States. And that's like the first time that happened, if ever, I think, in yeah, a long I think, time. I think there was a roughly three-day pause of air traffic in the country. And again, it was because of 
so many unanswered questions. What is happening? What is going on? What's it look like? You know, um, and it, we can talk about the Patriot Act. We can talk about many of the freedoms that have been surrendered um, during that time. And I would say we've surrendered even more by turning all our data and info over to big tech and, and allowing them to look through everything. I was watching a movie uh, a couple nights ago. It was on when I was flipping the channels. If anyone's seen The Town with Ben Affleck and um, yeah, uh, it, 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 a group of bank robbers right from South Boston, and there's a line in that movie that struck me. It's from the FBI agent who was trying to get surveillance on these guys. And it seems like today, in today's world, you want surveillance on someone. It's pretty simple. I mean, you have their phone. You have so many things. I think this movie was filmed in 2010. And, um, you know, the line from the FBI agent is in, in the show is, uh, you know, we're not going to get surveillance on these guys for what we have unless one of these idiots converts to Islam. I mean, that was the line that he said openly, knowing that that was any reason at that time that was the only reason you were going to get surveillance on anyone and it was still that sensitive of an issue and that was nine years after it happened wow so so many memories i'm I'm sure flooding back um for listeners uh, this week as you think back um again i mentioned earlier i i have children and you you try and explain this to them um and he explained to them that a lot of heroes died that day and there were heroes that were running up the stairs there were a lot of people trying to leave those buildings, but there were heroes running up those stairs, going into the unknown. And 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 for many of them, I mean, those guys, the the firefighters, they knew the out. I, I have to believe uh, many of them knew the outcome and what they were running into. Uh, they knew that um, judgment day was coming for them, and they were most likely not going to get out. In that special I was watching last night, it, they talked about the firefighters talking, and they said to each other, you know, this might be the last day we're here, you know, so it's good to know you, and I shake your hand, and then the guy inter- being interviewed said that was the last time I saw him, you know. Yeah, and that's why um, there's so many organizations that have popped up um, to support the firefighters, to support the EMTs, to support the police officers, uh from the Port Authority that died that day, or um, NYPD, and so many others. I mean, it's just one of those days you think back on it. Everyone remembers where they were and what they were doing when that happened. And and that's just, um, it's a day that we can't forget. It's a day we have to speak about, we have to teach our children about and talk about truth. So, Jonathan Marcy, thank you for today. Bob, thank you for allowing me to sit in this chair. And to the listeners, it's always a pleasure um, to be with you. We dove into many things. And um, tomorrow, as we think about 20 years, and and we pray for those that have been impacted by 9-11 and pray for our country. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.